everyone, welcome back to Brands That Podcast. I'm Jeremiah from Lemon Pie, and with me is Eric. Today, we're going to do something that we're really excited about that we've wanted to do for a long time, and that is our first ever How Brands Could Podcast episode. So, we asked you what more content you wanted to hear, and some of you answered that case studies and practical examples would be really helpful for you. And so we thought it would be fun to find brands that are either not currently using podcasting at all or not using podcasting in all of its forms, and then sort of use the episode to explore and strategize and sort of think out loud about how they might be able to use it and some ideas we have for them. So today, we're going to tackle how Huckberry or any direct-to-consumer clothing brand could podcast. So I've been a fan of Huckberry for a long time. They're a really natural fit for our first ever episode for me. While I'm not necessarily a weekend warrior, my wife and I do spend a lot of time outdoors. We go for hikes and walks a lot. And more than that, I was drawn to them as a brand because I prefer having much higher quality clothing that's built to last and only a few items of that to like a bunch of items of fast fashion that don't fit well or wear out. And this is kind of one of the things Huckberry's built around. And actually, Eric, I don't know if you know this, but I admired Huckberry so much that in a previous life, many years before joining Lemon Pie, when I first got bit by the entrepreneurial bug, I created an online store myself where I tried to curate and sell high quality, ethically made clothing. And it ended up failing for a lot of reasons, but my love for Huckberry endures. You never cease to amaze me. I, I'm learning this for the first time right now. So that, that's amazing. There's lots of, uh, yeah, it, it's in the graveyard of past failures that have we made all, me we who all, I am. Yeah, we all have those under our belt. <laughs> okay, so a little bit about Huckberry. If you're not familiar with them, they launched in 2011. They've got about 90 team members now from what they've made available online. And their value proposition is pretty simple. It's one place to buy the best, stylish, unique, well-made men's clothes. And their goal is to inspire more active, adventurous, and stylish lives. They want to build a community of like-minded brands, blogs, and people. So when you go on the site, you'll see a curated list. You'll find new items all the time of goods and wares and clothing made from small independent companies that's all centered around the idea of being for the adventurer who needs it to work on the weekend as well as a day in the office. And there's just some really, really cool stuff on there. And while they've used a number of channels, their primary seems to be written content, as far as I can tell. They've got a wildly successful newsletter called The Journal, where they also run as their blog, where they publish original articles and interviews. My personal favorite has been the National Park series, which they go through and break down all the national parks, telling you what hikes to do, where to eat, where to stay. It actually is what uh, inspired us to visit Acadia National Park. So without further ado, let's get into how they could use podcasting to advance their mission of inspiring active, adventurous, and stylish lives. So we're going to do this in three parts, these episodes. We're going to go in for every brand that we tackle. We're going to talk about how they could go on a tour, how they could launch their own branded show, and how they could use private or internal or you know limited audience podcasting. So how Huckberry could do a podcast tour. This is where they get featured on shows their audience already listens to. 
So Rich and Andy have been on a number of podcasts already, including Art of Manliness, which was one of Huckberry's earliest partners. And I think they attribute that mm. very successful blog as driving their first customers. They've been on e-commerce influence and they've been on Build My Online Store. So there are a number of directions they could take this tour. The criteria here for a good tour is it's got to be shows that their audience actively listen to. And it's got to be shows that are areas that they can speak authoritatively in. So the first category they could go on is e-commerce shows. So they could basically talk about growing a successful bootstrapped e-commerce store on e-commerce specific shows. Some examples here are the e-commerce marketing show from our friends at Privy, Shopify Masters, which is a show by Shopify where they interview successful founders and how they built their online stores, the e-com crew by Kindred Bravely, and the e-commerce fuel by Andrew Yaudarian. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry, Andrew, if I didn't get that right. He's been running that show for six years. And again, he shares tips from top experts on how to grow an e-commerce business. So anything stand out to you there, Eric, as far as them going on e-commerce shows? Yeah. So the main thing here is like, who from the team, to your point earlier, the overlapping points of a show that their core ideal audience is listening to, and then a member of the team being the guest that can speak with experience, expertise, you know, what have you that would warrant or merit them actually going on that show. So here, you know, it could be, obviously it could be Rich, it could be Andy, but maybe they also have other subject matter experts or domain experts within e-com strategies, e-com marketing, e-com copywriting, you know, all sorts of different thought leadership within the team itself, within right. Huckberry itself, right. that could also be additional guests that maybe would want to run with a particular style of e-com show here. But what we would get at here is like, obviously, this is a natural fit from the standpoint of lessons learned, building the business, e-commerce strategies and tactics and things like that. The question would be, are Huckberry customers also people who listen to e-commerce podcasts. Right. And that would be a question we would want to talk, you know, that'd be something that we would chat with, like in this case, the Huckberry team with about a little bit and see like if they have any insight from their customer personas and things like that, that would lead them to believe that, yes, actually there is an overlap there. Mm -hmm. But one thing I will say here, and, and we're going to go on to a few other different styles of podcasts that they could go on. We have found a lot of success in obviously there's going to be adventure and outdoor related shows and, and men's related shows that would probably be the most ideal related audience mm -hmm. for them to get on because those are literally people who are saying, I want, I'm interested in outdoor adventure. I'm interested in men's personal development and things like that. E-commerce shows or, or business or entrepreneurship shows may be a little less clear in that. But what we have found a lot of success with is getting on shows where you are a novelty. You are speaking about a topic or you're speaking about an industry or category that almost no other guests in that feed have ever talked about. So you stand out. You know, if you go on adventure shows, which is a home run, it's a no brainer. But if they're one of hundreds of different guests that have talked about adventure and outdoor and related things like that, it's harder to stand out. And, and we have found listeners can take huge action if you are a novelty within that podcast feed. Mm. So the e-commerce shows, the business shows, I think could be a novelty that also 
hits uh, and resonates with their core audience that just so happens to be listening to those shows as well. Yeah. And I think it's a good point about, I think there are certain shows where you're going to have a larger percentage of the listeners are like the target audience of, of who they'd want to be customers. But then there's other benefits of ones where maybe, you know, maybe only 20% or 10% of the listeners of, of let's say, you know, a bootstrapped type show or something, which we'll talk about is their audience, but just the brand effect of people knowing about their brand, going over and checking out the website. It could be that you've got this army of e-commerce show listeners that although they may not be the target audience of people that would make purchases, they're now directly typing in the, you know, the URL and going and visiting and taking cues off of Huckberry. And they're now, you know, it builds more brand awareness and those people are still going to talk about it and refer other people the ripple effects. Yeah, the ripple effects from that. That's right. Yeah. So yep. if you're just looking for that. So the other category they could go on, as Eric alluded to, is a startup side hustler bootstrap type show. So these would be categories of shows that talk about where they could talk about how they started Huckberry specifically from the side hustle bootstrap perspective or startup perspective, struggles they overcame. It's just more about building the actual business and less about running a successful e-commerce store. So examples here would be then my wife quit her job podcast with Stephen Chow, which is a show you know that does that very thing, highlighting the stories of bootstrap founders. My first million by Sam Parr, which I know you're a huge fan of, Eric. How I built this, or you could go a different route, like what you're alluding to, which is the Rachel Hollis podcast. Like this would be something where she's got a successful show geared toward helping people find more purpose and joy in life. She interviews a lot of business people, but also people from all other spheres. So like they would be a more standout guest in this as someone who sort of took the, you know, they could share that the story of how they took the leap, you know, leave, leaving their jobs, I think in finance and both combining some, some savings and, and taking the leap and starting like all from nothing. So something like that would maybe stand out more where they're going to kind of blend into the background of a lot more of these other, like, you know, founder style shows. The other one that they could do is adventure and outdoor shows. This would be where they would talk about how they themselves were weekend warriors. They actually started Huckberry to scratch their own itch. They wanted a place where they could find clothes that they could wear in town, in the city, at work, but then also stuff that was made for people like them that loved getting away from the city every weekend, You know, whether it's camping or hiking or whatever. And as Eric alluded to, men's shows, there's shows such as Pursuit of Manliness. So there's, you know, we already said they've been on Art of Manliness, which uh, has a huge listenership, but they could also go toward their, their shows specifically geared toward fathers um, and towards men in general. Pursuit of Manliness is, is one of those with a large listenership. So they could talk specifically about that. And then finally, they could go on any number of fashion shows. These would be ideally where they would talk about quality, innovation, timeless clothing versus fast fashion. So there's lots of conversations to be had about, you know, on fashion shows, they could introduce how do they vet the brands that they feature? What do they look for in a clothing brand? Who, what clothing brands do they see doing cool things? So there's all kinds of clothing related things they could do. So together, as we look at this, there's really about five categories of podcasts that they could go on. And so there's just a broad range here. And that's one of the biggest takeaways is when you are thinking of doing a podcast tour for your brand, think of yourself in all the aspects that you are. If you're a, if you're a founder and a dad or a mom, you know, this is something that, that we saw with Meet Edgar. And so like, this is just something to consider is all the aspects that you could speak to. And for most businesses, even if you think yours is very boring, there's probably multiple avenues you could go. 
Totally. And a few things here is, like I mentioned before, there could be multiple Huckberry team members participating in this that would give them the best foot forward in each of these categories, the best chance of getting selected or approved to be a guest on the shows, you know, for example, those that have the most experience and expertise to back up lessons they share, things like that. And it could be people on Huckberry's team. It could also be some strong ambassador partner that they've worked with that is truly like living a day-to-day adventure style, outdoor style, lifestyle, professionally, maybe potentially, depending on what ambassadors they're working with. The other thing here is obviously in the direct-to-consumer world, like podcast ads are very prevalent. I mean, obviously social and PPC are very prevalent, but podcast ads are very prevalent for direct response for direct-to-consumer brands. The benefit here though, is that instead of a 30 to 60 second ad that is a very specific like direct response, you know, get a code and come and buy something, basically. Yeah. It's a pretty strong right hook in those podcast ads. The benefit here is the Huckberry team would get 30 to 60 minutes to explain the story of yeah. Huckberry. And we've talked a lot about this in prior episodes. We did an episode not too long ago, 100% dedicated to the podcast tour strategy. So if you want to check that out, Highly encourage that. We go really deep in the benefits, the pros, the cons, how to think about it, how to execute it, all of that stuff here. But I did just want to mention, I think it was important to mention, especially in the e-com world, the comparison with, with podcast ads. And the last thing I'll mention here on the tour side, and then we can move on to branded, is the listenership expectation. So a lot of these shows, Art of Manliness, obviously, is one you know that you mentioned earlier, e-commerce influence and then build my online store you know a couple of those are art of manliness is quite large the cool thing is since art of manliness they were one of the first in the space you know they've been at it for a while there are a significant number of shows that are now either close to or at that level or below but have a core like rabid fan base of 2000 5000 10000 25000 50000 listeners that are listening to every single episode of their podcast for 30, 45, 60 minutes. Yeah. So the audience is there, but how we think about that is not just the reach, as we talked about before, it's the overlapping circles of reach slash like size of show, audience size, and then who the listeners actually are. Are they your ideal customers? And like trying to sort of mesh those two circle concentric circles together as much as possible to give you an idea of what are the best opportunities to go after amongst those four broad categories that you just mentioned, Jeremiah. Yeah. And there's a way to, I think, play with all of them or let, like you said, let different members of the team tackle them. And at the end of the day, it's also about the, you know, a lot of times I think brands think about what are the biggest shows I can get on when really they could very easily string together a tour of 10 smaller shows that make up the same or a larger when it, you know mm. put them all together you're going to get a larger reach and at the end of the day all podcast listeners are there because they want to hear they want to tune in and pay attention so this is something that I think is really important I'll give one quick example I'm not going to name the company but we're working with another direct to consumer brand right now and they have tested this channel enough independently on their own to now have come to the conclusion that one of their co-founders, they have three or four co-founders on the team. One of their co-founders full-time job is essentially going to be doing podcast interviews. Wow. Like 40 hours a week. Wow. Like that's what they've seen from this now. And, And the opportunity for this was a little under the radar three, four years ago. It's still under the radar now. That's why it's such a strong channel because not 
in the grand scheme of things, not that many people are actually going after it. Mm. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that as an example before we move on there. So next we'll move into a branded podcast strategy. So besides doing tours, the obvious thing is that Huckberry could launch their own show, their own branded show. And so I want to talk through a few show ideas that we had that we think would be really fun. Of course, the value of building a, a show is that you're building your own audience and you get to talk to them every week. There's really nothing quite like it where you get to, you get to be in their ear and, having, and, and they're wanting to have that conversation to listen to you. Huckberry has one advantage that a lot of podcasts, a lot of companies starting podcasts don't. They've already got a, a huge, loyal, raving fan base. They've done the hard work of building a community. Um, as I mentioned, their newsletter and online journal are, are, are already wildly popular. So they should have a fairly easy time promoting their show to this existing audience and getting it to scale quickly. So the steps here, and you know, this would be true for any brand is of course, identify your audience for them. This is essentially done, learn what they want. And again, they probably have a process behind the scenes for determining this when it comes to their articles or their writing, or maybe it's a bit of a bit of art and a bit of, you know, data. I'm not sure, but they seem to have a good handle on what their audience wants. And then the premise is to create that content and of course, to share it with the audience. So I'm going to talk through, I'll talk through four podcast ideas here that that they could run with. And for each one, we'll distinguish between an episodic podcast and a serial podcast. So an episodic podcast would be like one story per episode or one, if it was an interview style show, it'd be one interview per episode. It's one piece of unique content per episode. A serialized podcast is similar, obviously, to the podcast serial, which is you're telling one story drawn out through multiple episodes where you're able to go a bit deeper and get more details. So we've got a few ideas for each of them. The first is some, you know, I, I'm kind of calling the journal, right? So this is the obvious thing. This is an audio experience of their popular online articles. So this would be an episodic show based after the namesake of, of their popular newsletter. It's the obvious starting point, and maybe it's too obvious, I'm not sure. But each episode would feature something different. So same as their articles. It you know, feature a new founder, a new clothing brand, a new adventure story, an interview with, you know, a pro surfer. This would be a storytelling narrative journalistic style podcast that would either talk to the brand or the ambassador or whoever it is, and they would create that audio narrative. So for example, they recently did an article with an interview with Kelly Slater, pro surfer. So they could create you know, instead of writing about the road trip that they did with him, they could create an audio narrative capturing sound bits and pieces of, you know, audio clips and stuff of that road trip with him and turning that that article into an audio experience that they follow along with. And that's all done beginning to end in a 30 or 45 minute episode, then on to the next one. So this would be an episodic one that they could do. The second one is a serialized podcast, serial podcast. I'm calling it, I've tentatively called it adventure by Huckberry. I think it'd be awesome if they just owned the name Adventure. I looked in the podcast store and I didn't see anything just called Adventure. And I love those one name shows. And this would be the premise of telling the story of modern adventurers as they explore their sport, their world, and ultimately themselves. So it's sort of this idea of getting, exploring, you know, following them as they do their sport or as they go on their trip, but then also revealing sort of what they learn about themselves. This is probably my personal favorite. So this would be, again, being a serial one, every season 
would be one person's story. So they would be five to 10 episodes following the story of one person, perhaps an ambassador like Mikey DeTemple or Nick Lavecchia, you know, both storytellers and uh, pro surfers that they've got. It's meant to be very inspiring and it should be gripping and it should probe each listener's heart. They should feel They should leave the show feeling inspired to adventure or take the leap themselves or asking questions of themselves and what their purpose is in life. So it can be equal parts introspective about the human spirit and the craving for adventure, as well as like the adventure that the the ambassadors on themselves. So for example, Nick, one of their ambassadors would do a tour. He's a Mainer. And so he would do a tour of the Northeast or just of Maine. And each episode tells the story from that adventure, from planning his trip to what he's hoping to get out of it, to the people he meets along the way, to the things he discovers about himself at the end. And so every season would be a new adventure. And what they could do is sort of move from like surfer, climber, photographer, and kind of cover the gamut. And again, that is Adventure by Huckberry. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I feel like I love it. I feel like I'm pitching to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the I love the one wor- one word brand name like yeah branded kind of owning that word in audio space as it's still available and it's like the core thesis and premise and value prop that Huckberry's you know positioning is based around. So. Yeah, I think it would be I think this would be a super fun show. I think, you know, obviously this is just a starting point from us looking from the outside in, but I think that would be really fun. The third style of show they could do is another episodic show, 5-minute gear reviews. So I think this would be another thing that would be fun. They could, you know, they could start a network and run all these shows if they wanted to, but this would be one to, one to 5 times a week. They could do it as intermittently, you know, as little as one time a week up to 5 times a week. Where Rich and Andy, as the founders, who sort of are figureheads of of what they've done here and inspired a lot of people, they could listen to Rich and Andy talk about who they're featuring on the store at the moment and like pick out maybe every episode's like one or three things that they added to the store and how it was made and why they love them. So give like a review of it. So they usually do this in one paragraph on the store. Like you'll go look at like a pair of boots and it's, you know, gives a paragraph about how they're made. And then they do provide a link to go over and read more of the story of that brand. But I think it'd be cool to hear from their perspective. Like how did this shoe company from Italy, you know, or this jeans manufacturer in Texas, like pitch them? And why did they choose this? They get pitched all the time, I'm sure. Like, why did they choose this? Why do they love them? Have they... So, you know, I'm sure they wear this stuff and they use this gear. So I would love to hear every week a five-minute show or a 10-minute show from Andy and and Rich saying, hey, this week we're going to talk about, you know, the Taylor Stitch motorcycle jacket. This is why we love it. You know, we've had one of these. We used, their, we used the prior one. It held up for three years. It's still going strong. It always, like, I think that would actually, like, they could actually link to these things on the catalog itself, on the items mm-hmm. itself, which would be really exciting. I say that. I was about to say from a practical standpoint outside of just hearing it via the audio format, but also repurposing that as another data point. And it would be curious to learn from the Huckberry team, like how big of researchers are their average customers? Like, do Mm -hmm. they have any data on that? Do they research like 10 brands before they pick like the one shirt, you know, or like whatever they're going to buy? Yeah. And if, if yes, then this could be like something that nobody else is doing. Maybe you even, maybe we even hear from Taylor Stitch themselves, like a little clip from them in that episode as well. And could use that in the abandoned cart, you know, follow up email sequence. Could use that right there. Yeah. Use it right there on the landing page. Like 
the, the amount of life that episode could get outside of just the podcast feed itself could be really substantial. And you said something that I don't want to forget. So I'm going to say it here. So Huckberry, if you're listening, <laughs> if you happen to be listening to this episode, this is something I've been I've been trying to get some D2C brand to do. So Eric just mentioned the tactic we've talked about. We really want to see one e-commerce brand take one of these amazing shows and link to it, promote it in their abandoned cart email. I am tired personally of getting abandoned cart emails. Like I know I left your website, you know, not, not you Huckberry, but I know I've left the website. I know I didn't buy anything. There's obviously a reason why I did that. And the things to sway me toward that to coming back and purchasing is to reinforce the good decision I'm making. So reinforcing the values of like, I want to be an adventurer. I want to own high quality, timeless clothing. I want to like, whatever it is, the podcast can be a way to reinforce that. And you could, and you know, so one thing that Huckberry could do here is whatever, however many of these shows, style shows they end up making, they could link to it there and they could say, hey, we see, you know, you left your stuff. No worries, we'll hold it for you. In the meantime, check out these shows. And I think that would be a really compelling way to, to, to come back. Check out one of our founders talking about, for five minutes, talking about how we selected the piece of clothing you didn't end up purchasing. Like what the story is behind that, like where that came oh, from. Like, yeah. That could be really cool from a research standpoint. Maybe they abandoned it because there's like a second guessing it. I'm not sure. Is this the one compared to the other brand? You know, yada, yep. yada. Another more scalable way to pivot this idea of, of the five minute gear reviews would be instead of doing it on every piece of gear, although I love that idea, would also be doing it on just on the generally on the brand that they feature. Yeah, so exactly. if they did that, yep. that would be something where like they could write it into their e-commerce store where like anytime a brand, you know, this brand then yep. add this episode in the, you know, abandoned cart email. All right. Yep. And then the last podcast idea here is a serialized show, another serial show that I'm tentatively calling Timeless by Huckberry. You always have to add the, you always have to add the brand. <laughs> with that voice too, with the voice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the narrator voice. So this show, Timeless, is a stories of modern brands building timeless gear. See, I like that. I even like that hook. Modern brands building timeless gear. So the idea here is to tell a story that is as well-crafted and as compelling as the clothing brand that it's about. So you're highlighting, again, every season is one company. And there's five to 10 episodes per season. And you're telling the story of you're highlighting a brand that's making things the old-fashioned way, investing in quality talking about, you know, so it could be quality clothing, handmade leather goods, whatever it is. And basically it's a highly produced show. You've got music, you've got sound effects. It's like, you know, think of the podcast serial if you haven't checked that out. So for example, Taylor Stitch is a, is a company. I'm actually wearing a Taylor Stitch shirt right now. I didn't even plan that. <laughs> so it's telling the story of how Taylor and Stitch got started or how Flint and Tinder went from being a small startup to growing to eventually being acquired or partnering with, you know, now they're a Huckberry exclusive. So that would be a super compelling way to say, you know, in season one, we're going to share the story of Flint and Tinder, you know, and it would literally go from episode one would be an idea is born, you know, the idea for the company. Episode two and three and four would be making their first clothing, the snags they run into, 
you know, hitting their heads against the wall with the stuff they, you know, and then scaling and then growing. And then like at the end of the season, getting acquired by Huck Berry and their vision for the future. End of season, next season's Taylor Stitch or something like that. I think this would be timeless, would be a really, a really cool way to also promote a lot of the values that they're about. Totally. Because there's two sides of the coin, probably like a core adventure thesis, outdoor thesis. But then there may be some folks who don't consider themselves a hardcore adventurer. Like you even described that yourself. Like you love the Huckberry brand, but I think you set up like in the very beginning of the episode, like you're not a hardcore, like outdoor kind of person, but like you do love what they say. You do consider yourself somewhat of that. I think this show may actually appeal to you a tad more for sure than the one you mentioned before, which was adventure, like the adventure serialized story. Like this one, timeless might appeal to you more, but you're still in the ICP of Huckberry but it's just a different sort of weighting on what you care about, what your preferences are as, in terms of like what you consume for content. Absolutely. On this sort of thing. Absolutely. The last thing I'll say here too, before we go on to the, the internal podcast, the private podcast kind of idea is the cool thing here is like, it, it looks like from the outside, from, from just your and I's vantage point that Huckberry is, has been really executing at a very high level with written content and other forms of con social media and other forms of content since they've launched. The cool thing with a podcast is it's not adding another thing for them to independent, indep another form of independent content that like needs resources and allocation and time that is just going to add work basically to everybody's plate. The cool thing with a podcast is it can actually turn into those articles that they're writing. It can turn into social media content. So like a lot of these episodes that we're talking about creating, for example, the journal podcast that you talked about, the very first one, it could make a lot of sense to start with that as a podcast that then turns into their newsletter, that then turns into articles, that then turns into Twitter threads and Instagram posts and things like that. So they're getting the most, they're basically just moving up one level in like a content sort of waterfall, yeah. quote unquote, to get the most out of those stories in every medium possible. And if they film it, if they film the podcast, like then put it on YouTube and like yeah. all that sort of stuff. So I just want to mention like the, we call this sort of like a, a one to 20, like one piece of content then is the, the anchor piece that turns into 20 across all your channels. So I just want to mention that here too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they're an interesting case because, you know, for a lot of the brands that we talk with, like, even if they're big brands, they're, they're like, their social is kind of like just promoting the latest stuff. Like it's not that, you know, engaging where like, I think they are ex like you said, they're executing at exactly. a very high level. So where a lot of brands, it's like, start with the podcast and turn it into other content. They have this advantage where like, they're already doing these other channels really, really well. And yep. then this is sort of like a, just a natural fit into that. Yeah. All right. The last part is we'll explore some internal podcast strategies for them. So this would be if internal for us, we use it in a number of ways. Internal could mean literally like a, a show for employees. The other thing it could mean, and especially at bigger companies where you want to use it as a, as a means of communication, like an internal wiki, but it's like an internal podcast. The other thing it can be is like a limited or exclusive. So it could still be like for outward facing people, but you've got to opt in or subscribe or something to get a part of it. So just a couple ideas here. To be completely honest, I think this would probably be like the last tier I would touch. You know, if, if we were giving our advice to them, I think that it's way more compelling for them to focus on a tour. It's probably 
you know, we can each actually we should we're figuring out the structure of the show as we these style episodes we go. But I think at the end we should each say what our first each mm. of us should weigh in on what we what Love we'd it. like to see the most. So we'll, I'll it. save my opinion. All right. So a couple ideas for Huckberry here. One is an internal show for featured brands. So if you, if a brand if, if a clothing company gets listed there, maybe there's like information or metrics or I don't know something that they would want to communicate to the brands. Maybe there's a reason I don't know enough of how their business works here, but there I just thought there might be a reason why you would want to subscribe brands and their employees to something like from the Huckberry communications team. So it could be about giving Huckberry updates or exclusive insights or you know, I'm not really sure, but if they it maybe if keeping brands want coming back to them on their store. I don't think they have that problem. I think it's probably a lot of competition, but that's just one idea. Those relationships have got to be, you know, we don't know obviously the specifics, but the relationships have got to be some of the most important things that Huckberry's thinking about with their partner brands. Sure. Yeah. And so what forms of communication are they doing currently to maintain those relationships? I'm sure it's a lot of one-to-one, you know, different folks on Huckberry's team with with individual people on the on the other side. But it could be cool to have a more one-to-many approach that's not just an email, you know, which just doesn't really get paid attention to as much or like hear the the personality or the vibe or the excitement or the humanity and things like that. I think that's kind of what we're talking about here for this one. Yeah. Second idea would be a five to 10 minute audio message from Rich and Andy every month, giving company updates and rallying them around the company culture, keeping the team focused on the culture. Now... Typically, this is like a struggle as as companies scale and grow, like the the kind of original like heart and mission and culture gets lost. It doesn't seem to be happening there again. Like, I mean, again, without knowing, like from look from the outside looking in, but this could be cool. This could be a cool message just where it's five to 10 minutes, you know, just like what they're excited about, sort of raw thoughts from the founders, where they see the company going and, and all of that could really keep the could be a cool unifying point for the team. One quick thing here is the real value prop of this style of internal private podcast for your team. You know, the team being able to hear what's on Rich and Andy's mind every week, every month, you know, what have you, is what you said, especially as you scale. Every problem in a company could probably be boiled down to a context problem. The smart people on your team are maybe not making the best decisions that you, in retrospect, as you're evaluating those, you're like, huh, why did they make that decision? The answer most likely is they lacked the appropriate context that they would have needed to actually make that right decision. It's not that they weren't smart enough or they weren't talented enough or capable enough. They just were missing a piece of information. And it's really hard to like keep everyone on the same page as you grow. I mean, they've got what do we say, like 90 employees or something like that. And I think that they've, they've grown really steadily over that time. So this is a tool for get for context, context dissemination. What do we care about as a company? What are we doing? What are we focused on the next quarter, the next year? How are things going? If this, then that, you know, all these sorts of things that the team can get an asynchronous way to hear in, in the actual voice of Rich and Andy so that they all have that context to be able to then make 10% better decisions on every decision scaled across the entire company every day and every week. Like that compounds monumentally. Yeah, absolutely. The third and last idea here is an exclusive audio version of the newsletter for subscribers. So if I subscribe to the journal, their you know, online magazine and, and newsletter, 
I would get also access to sort of an audiobook version of the email where maybe it's someone reading through the latest articles or maybe just one of the latest articles. There's a couple of ways you could do this because there's always a series of articles you know, that are promoted. So this could be something where not so much reading the email copy out, but like literally saying like, hey, if I'm commuting or I'm traveling or like I'm just on the go or I'm going to go work out today, I'm going to go like ride my bike this morning, maybe instead of taking the time to read through all the the latest articles that the journal has written, maybe there's a compelling way that it sounds like an audio book and I can just listen to them being read. Like if, if I enjoy them in written content, I'll probably enjoy them just being read. So that's a fairly like low hanging fruit one where like someone with a good voice, this doesn't need to be an overly produced show, right? Like just some good production level audiobook style sound and just more incentive to get people. It just gives another option for people who consume the content. And again, probably most are going to want to read, but for people that are on the go, maybe they read one out of three and they're going to press play on the other ones to listen to it read to them. Yeah. Again, and again, this goes back to, there's two ways to approach this style of show. It is we're calling it internal, but it, this, what you just said, obviously is like an external facing version of that. It's like a private version. So it can be, it can be an internal, like company only nobody else outside of the company is listening to this. It's just for our team, or it's like a private podcast, but it is available like publicly. Hmm. The last one I would mention here is this would be a question for Huckberry, but two things. One, what is their company headcount goals over the next year? Like how many folks do they anticipate adding to the team over the next, you know, six to 12 months percentage wise, you know, they've got nine, about 90 employees. It looks like, so they're going to grow 10% headcount, 20%, 50%, you know, whatever. And if there is going to be something meaningful there, there's a, an approach for a, a podcast that is, what is it like to work at Huck, Huckberry? Like it's like 10 episodes, five episodes, 10 episodes, and it takes you behind the scenes and it's publicly available. Literally, mm. it's just up on Apple. It's up on Spotify, but it's the, the podcast is what is it like to work at Huckberry? And you go around to different people in the company. You ask them about their jobs. You ask them why they believe in Huckberry. You ask them why they believe in the mission. The reason why this is helpful is because direct to consumer is getting very, very competitive. I would imagine for talent. Hmm. And so if you can give yourself a differentiator for an extremely talented person who has the choice to go work at, you know, Casper or like some of these other direct to consumer brands, everybody, they've got four offers. How are they, what's going to make them tip the scale to, to in Huckberry's favor? It could be a deep dive, five hours of content over five episodes on what it's like to work at Huckberry and getting them incredibly inspired by what you're doing rather than just like this kind of bland job post and you talk to a few people on the team and like whatever. So that's sort of like an employee marketing almost yeah. essentially. Like what, what do they call that? Like employer branding or something? Employer branding. Yeah. yeah. Employer branding. And then the other version of this is an internal version that you do the same thing almost, but it's a little more specific to help onboard right. those new employees. So you think about it literally just, this is an onboarding private podcast for our next 20 new hires so that we can do this async, but they get a deeper insight into everything outside of just like kind of looking at PDFs and G and G docs and watching a few videos, like they can kind of go for a walk and like consume this information right on their own time. So I just want to mention those two as well. Awesome. All right. So that 
has been our thoughts on how Huckberry could podcast. All right, Eric, let's each go. What would be if you could, you from a personal level, no skin in the game, just what you think would be the the most fun, the most successful, whatever your definition is, uh, no limits around this. What would you, what would you see them start with? With no limits here. Here's, here's what I would say. I think the, the quickest way to stand up a successful podcast strategy for Huckberry and the biggest, most immediate opportunity that seems to me that is wide open for them is to do a podcast tour. Mm. Start with that do a, and do a podcast tour. And it doesn't mean in quick succession, you can't follow up with launching. Like at the same time, you right, work right, on right. A, a branded show, but it's just, the, it's a clearer path to entry. You know, you, you basically identify the right shows. You identify what you can teach those listeners. And then you outreach to the shows. Let's them cut their teeth on it a little bit. And it lets them get some reps in with doing a few in, more interviews, understanding the process a little bit. I will say though, if there is a world in which both can be done, a branded or, and a tour, going on, doing a podcast tour and going and doing a bunch of interviews on relevant shows and then being able to say, hey, by the way, we just launched our own serialized podcast called Adventure and they're on an adventure podcast right now right. getting an interview. Super compelling. It's one of the best ways to drive new listeners Absolutely. to that show. Yep. So having that as like a, a call to action available is beneficial, but- if I you had to pick one, you'd start. If I had to pick one, I would say, go ahead and start with the podcast tour. I think that's the, the biggest, quickest opportunity. All right. My choice is, I actually changed by the, by the end of this. Mine <laughs> would be to launch the branded show Timeless by Huckberry. Cool. So I think this is cool for a few reasons. I really like the idea of adventure. I completely agree with you. I mean, Huckberry is so well known. I mean, literally like Basecamp mentioned them and like, you know, they were Basecamp was inspired to write something because Huckberry wrote this article, popular article, Bootstrap, Profitable and Proud. Mm. So, you know, like they have such a big reach, like a tour, obviously, like they would be able to get on a lot of shows that other brands couldn't just they've got this like cool factor and they've just got success and they've put the reps in. For me, Timeless would do a couple things. I think that I would love to see them do Timeless and Adventure, but Timeless, I think for me is the foundation because ultimately it's got the most direct use and it's also got them like the most immediate use. And it's also got this amazing ability for a brand play. So a few things here, if they did timeless, number one, they could, I think that's a very natural fit into the abandoned car email practically. Mm -hmm. Like you don't even need to do what we said, which is like a, a review for each piece, like an audio clip for each piece of clothing. If you just shared timeless, it would resonate and reinforce like, why you were shopping there in the first place. Like this is stuff they really believe in. Second of all, you know, ultimately it, it, it is about selling clothes, right? So like as much as adventure is a part of it and all of that, like telling the story of these brands, just I see it as like a fight against fast fashion. And it's a fight against things that like you're able to promote sustainability and quality and craftsmanship and the things that you value. So it lets you do those things. Yeah. And ultimately, I think it's got this ability to, besides just being an amazing, you know, storytelling machine, every brand that you feature would likely share this. So like, it'd be a huge mm -hmm. honor for like Taylor and Stitch to be in season two. And I think they would promote it to their audience a lot, which means there's this really beautiful back and forth. Like they already have this going on with their brands. They're not ashamed to like put an outbound link to that brand's website and you can go shop 
at taylorstitch.com if you want. And Taylor Stitch isn't afraid to be featured on Huckberry. So there's this beautiful interplay between brands. And so I think it's just this really cool way where like Huckberry sort of gives by like telling the story of the brand and giving Taylor Stitch in, in this example, a really cool piece of content to share. I mean, it's amazing to have six episodes they could put on their website about how they got started, but then they're, they're getting to be in front of that clothing brand's audience. So I just think timeless would be a really cool thing. It would combat for the fast fashion culture. It would really sell and reinforce what they're about and the kind of quality you can expect from them. It also is like helps you solidify like why you're spending the, the money you are in the first place for the for this level of quality. It practically works on the abandoned cart, you know, thing. So for me, that that's where I would start. And then I would probably either look at adventure or moving into to tour from there. It may have the broadest appeal to between uh, just between the two adventure or timeless. Timeless may actually have a broader appeal to more people than adventure. Hmm. You're going to want to listen to adventure. You may want to listen to adventure if you don't consider yourself an outdoorsy person like kind of on the fringe, interested in the Huckberry lifestyle, but not necessarily a hardcore like outdoorsy person. You may want to listen to it, but there probably is more people who would want to hear a cool behind the scenes story of people building stuff the old fashioned way and craftsmanship and stuff like that, where adventure folks would want to listen to it. Plus people who like don't consider themselves like hardcore, but are do care about that stuff too. Yeah. I think timeless lets you like, it more reinforces like the why of the clothing and all the things behind, like why they're selling what they're selling. Adventure does, you know, is more toward like touching the human spirit. Like adventure would really like, even someone like me who doesn't consider themselves a weekend warrior, I would listen to like season one of adventure and I'd be like, that's it. We need to get outside more. Like, and Huckberry would have been the ones who inspired me to do that, to right? You do that, yep, which for is sure. core to their mission and their goals. For so, sure. for sure, they're really for both. Sure. For sure, we should probably just yeah, we should probably just do all of this. This is all. <laughs> it's hard to pick. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been our first episode of how brands can podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this breakdown of kind of our recommendations and thoughts for Huckberry. If there is a brand that you want to hear us break down who is not podcasting who you think should be or you're curious to get our thoughts on like a full breakdown we put a lot of work into the into these so we're trying to put a lot of effort into like a full creative strategy and directions to take these so if there's a brand you want to hear email eric or myself um, you can do erik at lemonpie.fm or you can just do hi at lemonpie.fm or you know hit us up on twitter we we're active on twitter a lot so hit us up there all right, Eric, thanks for joining me for for this one. Anything else that I missed? No, it was fun. I'm excited to do more of these too. All right, sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Bye. See you.